Good morning, LCM. Today is September 6, 2020. We have an overwhelming blessing for you today. We're going to begin by discussing allotments here in this house. Yep. But our sermon is entitled Golden Goral. Golden Goral. 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 Not Golden Corral. Nope. Which my immediate thoughts turn towards kids licking ice cream to get the sprinkles out of the little sprinkle bowl at a Golden Corral. Our church is significantly too young to be at Golden Corral. You, it's a minimum of 80 years old. And that's on Friday at 3 in the afternoon when that's, they do prime rib right. before you fall asleep. Because that's, that's right. dinner. That's dinner at 3 p.m. Look, we're going to talk to you today about Golden Goral. See, it's important to realize, church, just, just how good God has been to us. Yeah, He's been leading us to this very moment. For several weeks now. We want to encourage you about it. Oh, he has. In fact, he's been faithful to teach us about true repentance. That is the genuine work of his Holy Spirit. And that we arrive at a desire to see his will carried out all over the earth. Come on. He has been faithful to teach us to pray through the tabernacle. We are following his pattern, his design, so that our daily interactions with him are forming his heart within us. And better than that, he's solidifying his kingship in our daily lives. Amen. Amen. See, he has been faithful to teach us how to sow seeds in righteousness so that we can be sure of the harvest that is in fact destined in our lives. Mm. He has been faithful to teach us to move like Jehu with intensity and momentum that carries out his will with all diligence. It even invites others into the chariot of God as we win in this warfare. He has been faithful to teach us how to eliminate duplicity, division, and dissension so that we can move in one camp, his camp, with one faith, one Lord, one purpose in everything we do. See, we want to set your expectations today because today, somebody say today. Today. This morning is going to be every bit as good. Let's all turn to Joshua chapter 17. You're going to want to put a bookmark in Joshua 17 Mm -hmm. because it will be the text that we return to frequently as we feast on the abundance of his house this morning in this house. Amen. Come on. That's better than golden corral. That's golden goral. Well, say golden corral when you're there. If you're feeling really nasty, you can growl. My stomach's growling. (laughs) Meditate on that. Oh, playful of it. Joshua 17, verse 1. This was the allotment. Everybody say allotment. Allotment. For the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn. That is Machir, Manasseh's firstborn. Machir was the ancestor of the Gileadites who had received Gilead and Bashan because the Machirites were great soldiers. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So this allotment was for the rest of the people of Manasseh, the clans of Abiezer, Helek, Azrael, Shechem, Hefer, Shemitah. These are the other male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their clans. Church, this morning we're going to be exploring God's allotment for you and all the good things that this entails. We're going to highlight the things that our king shared with us personally in our prayer time as pastors that you have been prophesying about in the meetings in our homes 
And most of all, what we've gleaned from our daily study of the Word. That's what's coming at you Amen. today. It's going to be a blessing. Yeah. To be able to achieve God's aim for this house today, we want to start with a reminder that this Word is coming to you because you are being made into great soldiers. Yeah. That's what this house That's is producing. Right. Come on, lion cubs on the front row. <laughs> See, we're going to need to lay a foundation before we get into the rest of this text. This will ensure that you and I can digest the feast that you are about to receive better, much better than that golden corral. Here we go. Oh, yeah. You know what? To help you digest this feast, we want to give you an allotted flight path. Let's pull up this slide and see exactly what we're going to do this morning. We're going to study the word allotment and understand the original languages behind this word in the Bible. We're going to understand the usage of this word in the book of Joshua. We're going to understand the concept in the law, prophets, and writings. And there's more. The next thing we're going to do is examine Joshua 17 from a historical and practical sense. And lastly, we're going to make practical application from the Newer Testament in our daily lives. You see what we did there? We just <laughs> alleviated you of the need to come up with your own outline. We just gave you one. Now we're about to take off. We're going to start from the text of Joshua 17.1. We want to show it to you in an original manuscript. So what you see at the surface level, at the top line, are the first few words of Joshua 17.1 in the 2011 NIV. This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh. What you see on line 2, indicated by MSS, is the original manuscript. There you see a gimel, a vav, a resh, and a lamed. That word can be spoken in English or a transliteration where it says, Lima TRL, ha goral. You see how we got to goral? It's the Hebrew word that is uh, the translation for allotment. Now, so that you don't get bored with the reverse interlinear, we put this in a form that you're used to. Let's look at the lemma or the dictionary definition of Goral. You'll understand that, right? Let's hit a Strong's number. This house knows what Strong's numbers are. H1486. In the blue letter Bible, you have to do that with a, a deep Texas accent, right? Goral. The first part of this definition is a lot. Petals, pebbles, sticks, pottery. Shards thrown or blindly pulled out of a container for a decision-making based on what seems like chance, but is a communication of the Lord. When you're thinking of Goral, the first way to think about it is like, I got dice in my hand. Something that seems like chance, but yeah, a few of you are like, yeah, I know what that, oh, I'm in church. <laughs> I don't know why they call that shooting something, but, you know, it doesn't matter. The lot is the actual instrument, but there is another way to read Goral, and it's equally as important. It's what's in blue on the screen. Allotment, i.e. territory given to persons that was decided by lot. What we want you to understand coming out of the gate is a Goral can be the instrument that is being used to demonstrate divine providence, i.e. throwing the dice, and it can be the result of throwing the dice what you were awarded. It is both the instrument of divine providence and the result of divine providence. Mm. 
See, church, the 2011 NIV translates Goral in a variety of ways to help you to understand what Pastor Eric has just said. See, each of the other major translations deals with this in a very similar fashion. Here's a summary. We're going to show you a slide here of ways that it is usually translated in the NIV. The first thing that you could see is the blue circle here is about 75% of this, 75% of the time that Goral appears in the Older Testament, it's translated as lot or lots in the bottom left hand of your, of your, what you're looking at here. 25%, the rest of the time, it's translated as something that is resulting from casting the lot. Allotment, allotted, they allotted, the land allotted, casting the lot, the portions, which makes sense because it's the portions of what you received after the lot was cast, in whatever order it comes. Again, showing you the lots that are being cast there, to receive an allotted inheritance. See, Goral deals with both the instrument of divine destiny, the lots, as well as the thing that has been divinely destined, the allotment. Yeah. You know what, church? We are the kind of church that likes to go after it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have That's true. good understanding of allotment in English, but we like to go deeper, so we look at the Hebrew. Yeah. After looking at it in the Hebrew, we understand it better, yeah, but truth be told, we still aren't satisfied. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Nope, nope, nope. Church, we want a relentless and thorough pursuit of truth up in this house. So we looked at it in Greek, in the Septuagint as well. We wanted to ensure that we had the best possible understanding of every nuance of the original word goral. So in Greek, goral is translated as, next slide, horion, meaning a region or regions of the earth normally in relation to some ethnic group or geographical center, but not necessarily constituting a unit of government administration. See, here in Greek, you can see that the technical definition of the word, it limits the meaning somewhat. It essentially refers to the land or region. Here's the thing. The Hebrew doesn't have this limitation. And the original text intends for you to understand that the land or allotment was distributed by divine destiny through the use of casting lots. While the Greek is limiting, the Newer Testament is written in Greek, and doing these kinds of studies allows you to recover inferences that would otherwise be lost or very well overlooked. To consider what Pastor Matt is saying here, because we don't want to get too deeply into a linguistic study, but it's necessary for you to get what's coming. While the Greek is limiting... The thing is, is you can't trace Hebrew through the Newer Testament. So watch this next slide. We titled it, Thinking Goral, Saying Horion. In other words, the men who are writing are thinking in Hebrew, but they need to write in Greek. Matthew 4.15. This comes to us in Greek, Horion of Zebulun and Horion of Naphtali. But Matthew was not Greek. He prayed in Hebrew. He read Hebrew. He had a Hebrew name and he worshipped a Hebrew God. He is thinking Goral. How did the land of Zebulun get their land? By casting the Goral. They cast the Goral and that became their Goral. 
By the time this gets to Greek, you've lost something. It was by divine providence yes. that they're in the land. Yeah. Now, you know it because you know the background and you know the history. But if you're just reading it, there's nothing in the Greek that would indicate that to you. Now, that's an obvious one. I'm going to show you one that's not so obvious. Then we're going to get into the more meaty matters. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Acts 8.1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the Horion of Judea and Samaria. The reason I put Horion there is because it's in the original text. It doesn't show up in any way in the English. And understand something. Luke, who is writing Acts, he has to... It's recorded as Horion, which just means region. But if he's thinking in Hebrew then it would imply to you that they didn't just go to a region. It was God's providence, like a lot being cast. And when they got there, it became theirs. Now, if that was just it, I would have left this alone. Except, do you see the word scattered? We're not doing a word study on it today. There's two basic ways to do that in Greek. One is diaspora, like when Jews got scattered all over the world. That kind of scattering is random. This word is diaspora. It's not random. It means a farmer sowing seed in rows. It is being scattered, but it's being scattered very intentionally. What this tells you, and you're in an advanced level of Bible study right now, is even though they're writing in Greek, they are still maintaining Hebrew thoughts. That if you're in a piece of land, it's because God destined you to be in that yeah, land. Come on now. The Goral determined it, and now it's, it's my Goral. There are many like it. But this one is mine. <laughs> Golden Goral. That's right. Church, before we leave the word study part of what we're doing, it only seems fitting that we need to return to the Hebrew, to the actual original language of what we're going to be studying here in a few minutes. Going we, back to the OG. Going back to the OG. <laughs> and look at the way that Joshua himself uses this. We have another slide for you to help you to understand what we're talking about. Now, first of all, before I start explaining this slide to you, you could just look this way for a second because I promise you the slide will stay right there. Yeah. But what we want to focus you in on is think about Joshua, the man himself. He was introduced as a warrior yeah. in Exodus 17. And there might not have ever been a better, a mightier soldier than Joshua. He really gets the golden Goral principle. He understands that the lot indicated God's divine destiny, but that the people must faithfully trust God to arrive at their destined allotment. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to say that again because I just want to make sure that it sinks into you. Yeah. All right. If the person next to you is sleeping right now, rouse them. Wake them up. We, we put a lot into this. God wants you to get a lot out of it, and I'm just not going to put up with it. So, amen. <laughs> we all got a big smile. All right. It's time to eat, y'all. <laughs> Joshua. This mighty, mighty warrior, this mighty soldier understands this golden Goral principle in as much that he knows that it indicates God's divine destiny, but that the people must faithfully trust God to arrive at their destined allotment. Yeah. It is purposed, divinely destined for them, but there is a battle that's required that that destined allotment may be fully possessed. Yeah. Yeah. See, now we can look here. Out of all the usages in the Tanakh, up at the top right hand, you see that it was used 25 times in the book of Joshua. It was only used 74 times in all of the Tanakh. In one book, you get more than a third of the usages. 
See, it's used 25 times. 14 are showing you the blue section, that it's defined as lot or lots. 11 times it's used to refer to the allotment or that which was allotted. See, could Joshua make it any clearer for us? He has two versions of interpreting Goral. Either the lot or the allotment that was received from it. That's all that Joshua is thinking about. He makes it very clear when he says Goral. He means that which was, that was given to us by the divine destiny and that which is intended to be the result of that divine destiny. The lot was cast. It was given. It was thrown. Now it's time that it becomes your allotment. Yes. Somebody say amen in this house. Amen. Amen. Hey, to look at this further, let's take a passage from the law, prophets, and writings as we prepare to land in our text today. Everybody go to Numbers 26 and say Golden Goral whenever you're there. See why we told you to bookmark the 17th chapter of Joshua? Because we're also going other places. Oh yeah, there's more. It's like a buffet in this room today. Oh, it stretches for miles. There we go. <laughs> Numbers twenty-six fifty-five. Be sure that the land is distributed by lot, goral. What each group inherits will be according to the names for its ancestral, ancestral tribe. Each inheritance is to be distributed by lot, by goral, among the larger and smaller groups. You see, the law emphasizes that a goral or lot indicated God's divine destiny for each person. Listen closely. Regardless of their perceived station within the community. That is good news for you. Because the Father of glory has given a golden goral for each of you as well. It's divinely appointed for you to inherit certain things no matter how you perceive your importance or the very lack thereof. Look, I, I want to know that you understand that. That means Christopher's got a golden goral. Yeah. The lot's been cast. It is his destiny. But he must do what he was destined so that he arrives at the allotment. That means little Anna on the front row, she's got a golden goral. Yeah. Somebody say, I got a golden goral. I got, got a golden, golden goral. This is irrespective of how you perceive yourself Come on. within this community. See, when you start to understand this divine destiny, you will start to do what you were destined to do. It's not based on your merit or your perception. It was like God was throwing the dice and came up with you. <laughs> hey, let's go to Isaiah 34. As you get to Isaiah 34, slide your finger to the 16th verse. That's where I'll be reading, but I'm going to set the context for you. Is that all right? Yes. Is that all right? Yes. To set the context for Isaiah 34, it is after the judgment of Edom. Because they've treated Israel poorly, okay? God is now speaking through Isaiah about animals. <laughs> He's literally saying that animals are going to inherit what God has promised. Oh, come on. Now, there's an idea here being um, propagated, <laughs> displayed, yeah. prophesied. Put out there. How shall I elucidate it for you, Pastor? I <laughs> the idea is, of course, that God cares infinitely more for Israel than animals. And if God is saying this to the animals, how much more would it be true to Israel? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Now, the passage is going to close with this incredible statement about the golden 
goral, the lot allotment kind of inheritance concept. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Verse 16, best advice you ever got. Look in the scroll of the Lord and read. Amen. That'll not preach. in your email, not in your Gmail, not, not on your phone. What we are looking at is the scroll of the Lord and read because that's where he tells you what has been cast by the lot. He calls the end from the beginning and his book tells you how. You ready to go further? Speaking to the animals, but thinking about those he cares much more than. Look in the scroll of the Lord and read. None of these will be missing. Not one will lack her mate. All right, you ready for a serious truth bomb? Yes. If he cares if the animals get married, there's hope for some of you single animals in this room. Oh, yeah. Come on now. How much more does he's literally talking about falcons here. So I think he can deal with some of the little house cats in this room. It's going to be all right. God has goraled for you. And you're going to live in that goraled. Not one of these will be missing. Not one will lack her mate. For it is his mouth that gave the order. What comes out of your mouth, friends? Words. God is saying his word has destined But that's not all. For it is his mouth that has given the order and his spirit will gather them together. What are you hearing? God has destined by his word and his spirit something that he is able to perform if you trust in him. He does it for the animals and he will do it for you, you bunch of crazy animals. Verse 17 (laughs) contains the word goral. He allots their portions. He allots their goral. The idea is he destined it and he will cause it to be their destiny. Not just a spoken thing. His word and his spirit will come together and make it happen for them. He allots their goral. His hand distributes them by measure. They will possess it forever and dwell there from generation to generation. Come on now. Look here, goral is being used to describe what God has assigned by lot and will be the allotment or the portion they end up with. He is a father speaking to his people saying, you can do it. I've destined it and I will empower you to do it. Amen. If God does this for the animals, how much more for common men? Come Come on now. This is a prophetic way to say that God has destined Israel's allotment and that he is able to make sure they arrive at what he has determined will be their portion. Come on, man. That is golden goral. Yeah, it is. Are you ready for more on the golden goral principle here, church? I, I that, that, was, that was pretty weak. Are you ready for more on the golden goral principle? Yeah, see, because it's got to settle in deep into our spirit today. Let's turn to Psalm 125. We're going to read the whole psalm, all five verses of it. Psalm 125. You know, when somebody asks you, where's your favorite place to go to eat after church? You go to tell them the golden goral. <laughs> psalm 125, verse 1. Say golden goral when you get there. Look at this. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. 
As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah. When you trust in Him. Man, I can see, I can see Peyton already rolling. I can, I can see the tune going through his head. Those who trust in the Lord, you're going to be like a mountain. Not just any mountain, but you're going to be like Mount Zion. Yes. God's favorite mountain. And you will not be able to be shaken. You no, be, no, not. No, no, not. See, God is with you right now and forevermore. Yeah. Come on, that's an encouraging word for us today. Look I'd at, like to hear the ladies in the house say, He's with me now. Yeah. Louder. And forevermore. Come on. You got a golden corral, girls. <laughs> Verse 3. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For them the righteous might use their hands to do evil. I want to let you know something as we're looking at it on the screen. The phrase, the land allotted to. All of those words is a singular word in Hebrew. It's the golden corral. It is. The land allotted to the righteous. That's the goral of the righteous. See, the thing here is, church, the scepter of the wicked can't remain. Why? Because it'll cause you in the land that you're in that has been allotted by God, allotted to you that you must fully get the allotment of. It's going to cause you to start doing bad things when you forget this golden goral principle. The righteous might use their hands to do evil. Why? Because they'll forget. They won't understand. They won't go after the goral that God has given them. That divine goral. Look at verse 4. Lord, do good to those who are good. To those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways. The Lord will banish with the evildoers. May shalom be upon Israel. See, God still holds Israelis personally responsible, even though the lot fell to them. They must not let their hands do evil. If that's going to be with God's chosen people, what does that mean for us? It means that we're in the exact same situation. Yeah. Because God is both able to perform His promise and remove those who were previously allotted, growled for good, if they side with evil. See, this is an important principle here in the beautiful psalm that's given. Those who don't live up to their destiny, those who aren't fulfilling and towards the allotment can be removed from it. It's almost like if something is goral, divinely destined, and God says that will be your allotment, it's absolutely assured as long as you walk with the divine. Yeah. But if you will not walk with the divine, even though it was your destiny, you never arrive at the allotment God intended for you. That's exactly it. See, in the end, all evildoers will be banished from what God allotted to Israel. Only the righteous Israelis will receive the allotment. Church, our Father both encourages and warns about the seriousness of this golden goral principle. Yeah, it's true. Now, I want to give you some encouragement. We're going to go back to the buffet found in Joshua 17. All right. But we just can't do it without first going to Daniel chapter 12. So turn there and say Golden Goral when you're there. It's like getting one more yeast roll with some honey butter on it. Oh. Right? I mean, you weren't going to eat anymore. You were just going to get the main meal, but I, it's there, right? Daniel's there. And, <laughs> and friends, it's good. Oh. If you're like me, you, you know, you take that yeast roll and you put it underneath the chocolate fountain. <laughs> and then you eat it. Daniel 12, 13. That's nasty. <laughs> How did I get diabetes? Hmm. 
Monday night we'll be studying about a disease in Asa's feet. <laughs> oh, amen from Matt Foreman. Okay. Verse 13. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Was there ever an Israeli like Daniel that faced historic challenges to the golden corral principle? I mean, Daniel was in the lion's den. He was under constant threat. He was a foreigner in a foreign land. But this brother from a Jewish mother, he understood divine destiny as if it were determined by lot. And he fought for the allotment that was destined by God. Amen. When in this passage, it says you will rise to Goral. Receive your allotted inheritance. That entire combination is the Hebrew word Goral. This is the destiny of every man that acts faithfully, just as Daniel did. Because like him, you will rise to golden Goral. Receive what God has allotted for you. In fact, in this last chapter, the last verse of this book of Daniel, the final words that close it are your goral. It is what bookends this entire story. See, Daniel is a model of a man who embraces the lot and shows diligence to move towards that very allotment. In this life or the next, he as well as you will receive it. You just got to fight for it. Come on, Daniel is the model of what it is like, Ketuvim, the writings, to live faithfully in your historical context. Mm -hmm. He went through an awful lot more than any of us are going through. And God assured him that what was destined for him, he would receive. Are y'all ready to rise up in the same way? Come on. Are you ready yes. to stand up on the inside in the same way? Yes. Now, we're going to land in our text, which is Joshua 17. Understanding all you understand about Goral, we're going to bring it to the text at hand. Are you ready? Yes. Sydney's ready. Yes, she is. Joshua 17, beginning in verse 1. This was the Goral, the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn. That is, for Makir, Manasseh's firstborn. Makir was the ancestor of the Gileadites who had received Gilead and Bashan because the Makarites were great soldiers. <laughs> so this allotment was for the rest of the people of Manasseh. The clans of Abiezer, Halek, Azrael, Shechem, Hefer, little cow, and Shimida. <laughs> these are the, <laughs> these are the other male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their clans. Now, in this chapter, what we're talking about are the descendants of Joseph. The first few verses are dealing mostly with the strongest of them, the Makarites, who were the great soldiers. I want to show you, out of all Joseph's descendants, what the strongest of them were holding on to. Is that okay? Yes. So, there's a map. What is supposed to happen here is everything that is in purple on the screen is supposed to belong to Joseph's descendants. But it doesn't. Their allotted inheritance, the golden goral that they were called to, was enormous. Like you, 
they were greatly cold. See, but not everybody realizes the extent to which they're cold. The basic problem that we're going to deal with in this chapter is not the greatness of your calling. We want you to realize that, but more we want you, the other sense of the word realize, we want you to live in it. It's one thing to be prophesied to uh, amazing things, and that's where the lot fell. It's quite another for it to actually end up as your allotment. See, that's what this chapter is going to deal with. The divine destiny that God has for you and our sometimes difficulty in perceiving it, but our bigger difficulty in carrying it out so that it happens. Yeah. We want God's destiny to happen in your life. Amen? Amen. That's Golden Goral. See, we want to continue to elucidate this point to you. How's, let's take a look at this next slide. It's the same information that you just saw with an addition here in the two red boxes around Bashan and Gilead. See, the strongest of the descendants, those Machiavites, those great soldiers were occupying these general regions and the others were uh, truthfully just trying to ride on their accomplishments. They were around people who were bold, who were strong and were going out and doing something and these great soldiers occupied this land and there were many others that were just riding in their wake mm-hmm. of these goral that we see here. Church, this should start to move you in a certain way. See, we're at, we need to be asking God and crying out to Him, saying, God, that our eyes would be open to understand yeah. this principle of golden Amen. goral. Amen. There's so much more than we are presently living in. So much more. You've been assigned plenty of land, but you're only living in small regions of that. Who wants to understand your divine destiny so that you can arrive at what God intended for you? Come on, we need to understand our golden goral today. We don't just care about the strongest among us. This is not this type of church. The strongest here had already gotten theirs. The strongest in our midst. We are concerned with every single person. We care as shepherds about each one of you. You know that this is true. We walk in and we talk to you about what you're going through today. The law testifies that every single descendant has an actual golden goral. And we are trying to help you to see your golden goral today and begin to occupy the entirety of what God has given you. Amen. The law demands that we understand God has a special destiny for Irma. He has a special destiny for Ray. There's nobody in this room that he's not prepared good works in advance for you to do. But our tendency is to gather around somebody who is doing the good works that God called them to do and kind of just camp out there because it feels like the blessing of God. That, that's, that's what this chapter is dealing with. Yeah. We're not telling you that you can't. What we're telling you is you can rise to your golden goral. This chapter is literally going to show us how significant it is and how to do it. Amen. You do want to do it, don't you? Oh, yes! Yeah. Well, say it with me, church. Say, I have... I have a golden goral. A golden goral. Amen. Let's pick up in verse 3. Now, Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters, whose names were Mahala, Noah, Hogla. Her stomach was always goralin. That name means partridge. It looks like a hog, but it means partridge. That's a big old partridge. (laughs) 
Milka, it's getting better. She was a dairy queen. In Terza, they went to Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the leaders and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our relatives. So Joshua gave them an inheritance along with the brothers of their father, according to the Lord's command. Manasseh's share consisted of ten tracts of land besides Gilead and Bashan east of the Jordan because the daughters of the tribe of Manasseh received an inheritance among the sons. The land of Gilead belonged to the rest of the descendants of Manasseh. See, we know that the names and boundaries are all difficult to keep straight in your head. But what is happening here is that the females within Joseph's descendants are waking up to their goral. See, they weren't just girls. They weren't even just golden girls. They were golden goral girls. <laughs> they know that they are destined to occupy more of the allotment that was given them. This is similar to what we learn in the prophets. God's word and spirit are waking them to what he destined them for. If he cares about the animals, how much more does he care about the daughters of Salophahad? Even that one that's a partridge, Miss Hogla. <laughs> if that's true for her, you are destined as well by God to bigger things more than you realize today. That's good. These things were not determined by your own merit. They were the golden goral. God simply destined you for them. Regardless of your perceived station, you must awaken to your allotment. You must awaken to the golden goral that God has given you. Amen. It's not about how you perceive yourself. It's about what God has allotted by destiny. And His Spirit and His Word will illustrate it to us if we look. And we want to wake up to that. What you're seeing, the whole chapter is about the descendants of Joseph. Let's put them on the screen, that next slide. The whole chapter is about the descendants of Joseph. The strongest were in Bashan and Gilead. But now, from Zeholophad's daughters, what we're seeing is an expansion of the territory. Yeah. Now, God always wanted them to stretch all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. But what we're seeing as we progress through the chapter, they're starting to get more of what God always destined for them. It was cast by the Goral, and it was their Goral. Now, while you're staring at that picture, everybody stare at the picture. Stop thinking about Hogla or Milka. It doesn't help to stop thinking about it while I'm talking about it, does it? I'm literally eliminating jokes as I'm teaching. While you're staring at that picture, ask yourself, am I living in all of the activities, all of the works prepared in advance for me, all of the golden goral that the Lord has destined for me? Now, yeah, I think we know the answer to that. And this message is not about beating you over the head with that. It's how to cure it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. We are not going to read verses 7 through 13 for brevity's sake. And I, I want to tell you what they are. They outline all this purple area that you see on the screen. It's the area west of the Jordan that extends all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. That's what those next few verses do. And since you're not as familiar with the geography, it wouldn't mean as much this moment. It'd give you something to look at later. They also speak of the Canaanites' determination. The Canaanite, the people that were not Goral to live there, how determined they were to occupy what Joseph's descendants were determined by God's Goral to have as their allotment. So there's this tension in these verses. There are people that aren't destined to be there. 
that want it, and there are people that are destined to be there that aren't sure if they want it. Okay? Let's pick up in 14. Verse 14 is where we're going to pick up here. It says this, The people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one goral and one portion for an inheritance? We are a numerous people, and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. i got to be really, really honest with you. As we were reading through this this week, I, it, this verse stings just a little bit as your pastor's. See, the problem is, is that we've heard this sentiment many times before. The truth is that Joseph's descendants were not only given the allotment that they were occupying. They had been given much, much more. They were always destined for much, much more than what they were actually occupying. Additionally, we all understand this principle. Now that you understand Goral, it wasn't Joshua that gave them this allotment anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was their golden goral given to them from the heavens. Their divinely destined allotment. Yes. See, when they were failing to realize that goral, the goral that God was giving them, they resorted to blaming people. They resorted to blaming their leaders for the allotment that God had destined for them. Right. Unfortunately, this is often accompanied by exactly what these descendants of Joseph were saying. We are numerous. The Lord has blessed us abundantly. Don't we hear from God too? (laughs) You're not the only ones that can hear from God. The problem is, is those kind of comments and that kind of heart only actually masks the real issue. The real issue is that they're not fully occupying the goral that God had given them. They had a lack of trust and a lack of obedience in the Lord, but it was much easier to put it off on someone else. We want to illustrate this for you. Let's pull up the next slide. Here you see the two red rectangles, right? This is not really two allotments. It is one golden goral. But they are only living in a small portion of what God intends, and they have become convinced that it must be anybody's fault except their very own. It's the friends you gave me. It's the job you gave me. It's the car that I have. Sure. It's my relatives. It could. It's just not my bad choices. It is somebody else's fault. Pastor, you're just looking at my call as something that I'm not really able to complete. Why are you keep pushing me to something that I can't really do? Because we know God's golden goral for you. See, but Joshua was such a good leader. He was a model leader. That's true. In fact, there's this revelation that Joshua is just like Jesus. (laughs) Mind-blowing. Gone. Spilled my plate of food. On the floor. <laughs> Joshua, like Jesus, is exactly what we want to be. It's our very endeavor. Yeah. Let's look at the proposed solution that Joshua gives. Are you ready for it? Yeah. This is coming from Joshua himself, Mr. Golden Goral. <laughs> Verse 15. He is the oldest guy in the nation at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that. If you are so numerous, Joshua answered, And if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear land for yourselves. They're in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephaim, Rephaites. Look, the problem is not that the land is too small. God's golden goral is always much bigger than you think it is. Yeah, The problem 
is the other things that are occupying, obscuring, and obfuscating your divinely de- destined goral. Yeah. 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 It's not that the calling's not big enough. You're not living in enough of it Come on. because of all of the other things that are occupying it. I want to give you a hint. The size of your goral is not the problem. It's everything else you've tried to cram in your life. And while we're at it, I just want to say, we, we're not your problem. Your bosses at work, they're not your problem. Your roommates, they're not your problem. That is all you... Recognizing other things are occupying your calling. Joshua presents a solution that we want to go through, okay? You didn't get in the position that you're at right now because of someone else. None of you did. Ohad, you didn't get in it because of someone else? It's your work. Andrew Hayes, it's your... Now, I want you to catch this. Spencer, not in his head, yes. That means that you are where God has divinely destined you to be. And there is more for you. You just are going to have to learn how to grab it in gratefulness and go after Golden Goral. And we're going to do it together. Church, we are trying to encourage you today that you can do what we're putting before you. We're trying to cause a, a recognition and understanding. Look at what Joshua tells them here in this verse. Joshua tells them, well, go clear the land. Go get it. Go clear out whatever needs to be cleared. Because the problem is, church, do you have competing priorities that act as obstacles to achieving all that God has allotted for you? Of course we do. That's why we're talking to you about it today. You have to clear them away. Yes. The reason that we're bringing up the excuses that we all make within our heart is so you quit making them so you can clear the land and get what God has promised you. That you can walk in the entirety of the golden corral that God has for you. You have to clear them away. You have to make the space in your life to spiritually and physically come into your golden corral. It wasn't assigned by us. It can't be messed up by us. It's yours and you got to go clear some land. Come on, man. Are you going to clear some land? Well, Joshua was a good leader, and in doing so, he helped them identify some foreign bodies that shouldn't be among them. The ones that were listed were the Perizzites, meaning their name means a people who lived in unwalled cities. This could be thought of as like parasites, right? (laughs) Within that allotment, within that golden corral, there were these embedded parasites looking for a host to attach to. Or like organisms that have no real interest in your welfare. Uh huh. Organisms that have no godly restraint. All they do is just feed off of your sympathies. And all they do is mean to wreak havoc on your calling. All the while, claiming good intentions. Where can we usually find that kind of parasite, that tribal organism? I think you can easily find them among your friends and family that claim to be believers, claim to be followers of Yeshua, but are not actually accountable to any city. They prefer to not be walled in. Parasites without 
walls. Hmm. Joshua identifies another foreign body. Something that's living in the Goral that shouldn't be among you. God didn't destine them to be there. He destined us to take it. The Rephaim. These are the gigantic problems that have been with you since the beginning. Because Satan planted them in you in your youth. You might think of them as your own Nabal traits. Your own fleshly characteristics. Think of things like fear. Insecurity. Lust. Pride, selfish ambition. I could list these all day, but each of you are supposed to have a three by five index cards with your own list of Rephaim like traits. Things that are inspired from the celestial realm showing up in the flesh of human beings. Mm. The Rephaim tribes, they're multinational, they're entrenched, and they die very hard. (laughs) Getting rid of them will change your perception of the golden goral in profound ways. I want you to understand you cannot appreciate what God has destined for you while you are staring at parasites and Rephaim. It distorts the way you see it. You find yourself not grateful for something that you should be overflowing with joy for. It taints the way you see your land. They say it's not big enough. It's not good enough. The truth is, is it's better than they could have imagined. They can't see it because of the foreign bodies inside of them. Yeah. Mm. Such a good word. You need to meditate on what pastor just said to you. We're going to keep moving here in the scripture, but you need to meditate. You need to understand that the Lord is giving you keys. He's, he's encouraging on how to deal rightly with your golden goral today. I can feel him working on your hearts. Yeah. Let's look at verse 16. The people of Joseph replied, The hill country is not enough for us. Boo. And all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots filled with iron. All the Canaanites. Every single one of them. Well, that's not true. That's probably what people from Chicago think about Texans. They all carry guns and all drive F-450s. Well, it's mostly true. It's mostly true. Yeah, right here. (laughs) The hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron, both those in Bet Shen and its settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. See, these iron chariots are the cyclical issues of your failure every time you've tried to deal with the parasites, the parasites, and the Rephaim before. You have failed before, and you expect to fail again. These are the iron chariots that you have to deal with. Hey, church, we need you to remember that God chose your goral. We're talking about that supernatural event that indicates that you are destined for more. But you must fight for the allotment that God has placed in your destiny. That is the golden principle of Goral. That which God has destined, you must do. Amen. That is such a good golden Goral kind of principle. We're going to have to deal with parasites in our life. People are not accountable that are hanging out around you. And they don't have your best welfare in mind. They're actually using you. We're going to have to deal with Rephaim in our lives. 
those sinful characteristics that distort every good thing God gives us to not be good enough, to not be something we can be blessed with, be happy with, always craving something we don't feel like we have. When the destiny that you have is bigger than you realize and the only thing standing in the way is your inability to be grateful, okay? (laughs) Then we need to deal with the fact that these are not this month's problems. These are the yes. problems that are left over from about your seventh birthday till now your 40th. Yeah. You have failed in it again and again and again until it's a well-worn path and now you simply think it's the way that you are. It's iron chariots in Megiddo and Tanakh. I cannot take it. You can. Amen. Amen. My word and my spirit is what Isaiah said. Yeah. Will yeah. cause you to. I want you to dwell. We, we gave you a law, a prophets, a writings. I want you to dwell on Daniel for a minute. Men like Daniel have been in more difficult situations than you and I are in. And God said, Daniel, you will rise to your goral. See, we are about to rise to our golden goral in this room. Amen. We're going to pay very careful attention to the next verse. Because everything in the golden goral Depends on it. So do I have everybody's full attention? Yes. Verse 17. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are numerous and very powerful. Catch the difference between that and the previous statement. He earlier called it into question. If you are. He wanted them to self-reflect. He wanted them to look at the problems in the land might be them. But now as a good leader, as a good father, he is looking at them and telling them what God says they are. You are numerous and very powerful. Catch it here. You will have not only one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it. And it's Farthest limits. More than you could ask for or imagine, Paul said. It's farthest limits will be yours. Amen. Amen. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. This is like Abraham facing the fact that though his body was as good as dead, what God had promised he's able to perform. Amen. See, something is rising in this room. LCM, you are numerous and powerful. You will have your golden garage. The farthest limits will be yours. You can drive them out. Somewhere inside you, you have to decide that which God has destined as if by casting the lot, that I will do. It is my allotment, my golden goral. I'll clear land. I'll kill Rephaites. By His Word and His Spirit, I will walk in my golden goral. He has apportioned it to me. Look, I want to promise you, it's bigger than you presently think. The more you live in what He's telling you to do, the more you're overwhelmed by how much more beautiful it is than you ever realized before. Clear the land. Clear it. Amen. Disassociate with parasites. Kill the Rephaim. Yeah. 
and destroy the iron chariots by confronting them in you and not transferring Amen. it anywhere else. Amen. You can do this. That's why we're preaching this message Amen. today. I'm going to reiterate it again. You can do this. Turn with us to Acts 26. See, as we move towards the closing, let us remind you that every golden corral starts with a single life that accepts their destiny to stand up and move towards that divine allotment, that golden corral that God has given. Acts 26 and verse 16. It says this. Now get up and stand on your feet. Get up on your feet. Magnify the Lord. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen in me and what I will still show you. The area that you now are occupying and all of the area that has actually been assigned to you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place, an actual allotment, a gorral among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Church, we miss this sometimes, but Paul was an ordinary man like you. And his destiny began on the day that he stood to his feet and began to fight for his allotment, yeah. his golden corral. Yeah. God is listing that for him here. Showdown at the golden, golden. corral. Yeah. <laughs> See, like many of you, he probably had no idea just how big it was until he started clearing the land and contending with the foreign bodies. But this one man grew to affect families and nations. You have no idea how big the golden corral that God has given you is until you start and stand up on your feet and begin to move towards doing it. Then you start walking in it and you start to see that it's much bigger. It's much more ample. It's, got, it's not too small. It's not too narrow. But what you've got is something that is golden and from the heavens. Amen. Amen. Church, which that brother just said, ample. You got a voluptuous calling, friends. It's like a full plate with prime rib and fried okra. I'm talking about a golden goral buffet. Every good thing you could ever want is found in the destiny God has yes. for you. But you got to clear the land. You got to get on your feet. You got to go after it. Amen. Church, do you hear the call this morning that you must and that you can? Your pastors are here to help you because you must and you can. What you must and can do next is turn to Ephesians chapter 1. That's right. Say golden corral whenever you're there. Ephesians 1.18 I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Church, I want you to know the most serious request that dominates our prayer time as pastors and elders is that your eyes would be open to the golden corral that God has destined for every family in this room. It is what lies before us. It is the ever 
fiber of our strength that's exerted in pastoring your heart and soul. We're pushing you to the farthest limits to accomplish all that God has put within your allotment. Look, the other ministries may say that you're a champion, but they treat you like chumps. They actually think you're so stupid as to not know that they couldn't care less about you. In this ministry, we are on our face about you reaching your destiny. Yeah. We're, we're not in here to manage sin or any other. Our great hope and calling is to see every family in this room reach their golden gorel. I want you to understand, we don't run into that very often. I don't meet other pastors that are grieving over their people and how they can help them reach that which God has destined them to do. This is a special allotment here. It is. You are special to us. Yes. And we ought to be special to you. We're going to get this together. Look, Pastor Wade was telling you about Paul, one man. Pastor Matthew is talking to you about families. Ultimately, this is about nation. It is. What a special time. How does it happen, Pastor Matthew? You know, this happens as we take steps to clear our land. I want you to think about the conversations that we've had in addition to all the sermons and teachings, that when we are helping you, we're helping you to clear the land. We're helping you to disassociate from parasites. We're helping you kill Rephaim. We're helping you crush the cycles of the iron chariots in your lives. And that in doing so, we know that you will find his power working in you in profound ways. It will affect everyone around you. It will bring inspiration in life everywhere that you go. You know what? Ironically, striving to possess God's allotment for you transforms you into his inheritance. Let me say it again. As you strive to possess God's goral for you, it, and you're being transformed into God's very inheritance. This is the other beautiful principle that's found within the golden goral. We really couldn't say it enough. We're turning to our last scripture. We're at one hour and we're going to end here. And while you recognize that the goral has been cast and you seek to live in that goral, the lot's been cast and you are seeking to live in that in that allotment. God inherits something in you. He gets what he always wanted. Yeah. A prince who rules with him. See, you going after this is about the transformation of you, no one else. And going after that which God has destined for you causes you to become that which God has destined you to be. I imagine there'll be messages coming on that in the future. For now, let's go to Revelation chapter 5. This is our closing scripture. And they sang a new song. (laughs) You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God 
from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Church, you are purchased men and women. You are purchased families. He purchased you for an allotment that includes the nations of the world. Like we read in Isaiah 34, we should be able to say, we've seen it, we've read it in the scroll. The die has been cast. We have stepped over the line. This is the moment where we stand to our feet, where we rise to our golden corral. His word, his spirit, they have his spilled blood demands our response. We will embrace our destiny and we will do it together. Amen. Father, we're asking right here, right now, that the eyes of your people would be opened, that they would clear the land. Mighty God, that they would deal with parasites and refugees because what you've given them is beautiful. Lord, we trust you. We long for you. Come and move in us by your spirit.